For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley-oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Hello and welcome to the Wolf Among Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. As always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Hedke NBA. And the show is a part of the Wolf Among Wolves podcast network on a wolfamongwolves.com. Today, I'm joined by Dane Moore, host of the Dane Moore NBA podcast. Um, how's it going, Dane? It's good, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. It's, yeah. it's been 21 games and five loss or five wins since I wish it was five losses. Was five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that um, be something? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, um, I just I just finished teaching preschool all day. So um, that was that was an interesting experience because I'm just being a substitute teacher right now because okay. I just got my license and is that better or worse than watching Timberwolves games? You know what? I probably equally, smiled. Equally I probably youthful. smiled more. Yeah. There you go. Right. There yeah. You go. Equally youthful is youthful is right for sure. Um, no, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, but I upper elementary is probably more my, my strong suit than the three and four year olds. Um, there you go. Uh, you but in the system. Yeah, I'm developing the system. That's right. You're, I'll have you're these on a kids... two-way right now. You're on a two-way. Yep, exactly. Just waiting to sign that, you know, that veteran minimum. I hope I get a veteran minimum next school year, <laughs> or maybe I'll get the JMAC treatment and end up there on another two-way contract. Restricted free agency. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about, and I didn't originally plan to talk about this, but I just, yesterday, last night, I started kind of seeing people just tweeting about the whole tanking thing. And it led me to well, that was a mistake on your part. To yeah, do... I know. What are you what are you doing? Because I put that tweet out saying like it's not a smart move to tank or whatever. And I posted like the lottery odds. And it was funny because Oh, you lately... signed up for it then. You signed yeah, up no, for I it. Did. This is it, that fault. was the this problem. Is... It was it was all my fault. But ever since the one day you jokingly said you wanted a like a gif or whatever that you could just send to people with like oh, the yeah, lottery yeah. odds. So I made that and I sent it to a few people, but I posted it and there's do people know this? Like what percentage oh, yeah, yeah. of people understand that 
if the Wolves have the worst record in the league, they only have a 40% chance of keeping their. Oh, back. they're okay with it. They think they, that's like, like a viable path. Who's they? rather do that. Okay. So just people in like, in let's the, throw out their Twitter reply. handles. Let's, let's All right, we'll do it. I'm kidding. Do not do that. Do not I'm do not going to do it. But somebody, somebody did say um, that they didn't find any value in winning games. And there's more value in betting on a 40% odds to, to getting the pick, which just in my mind makes absolutely like zero sense. And they well, knew that... the lottery odds too. And they still think it's a, a viable option, which I would say at some point in the season you go, yeah. Okay. Like, but, that, but, we're, but not we're when cats barely played the... and you don't yeah. know how it, how it looks with, with everything. I would say yeah. if you're like still like maybe like the fifth worst team and there's like 15 games left, then you just try and lose them all just so you have the best odds. Cause you were screwed anyways, but like, sure. I'm, right what now, I'm concerned about, I'm concerned about outside the lottery odds or whatever. I mean, I don't even think this is a tanking related thing. I think, I think you need to be concerned about raising Anthony Edwards in a losing environment. I, yeah. I think that is, that's important. And that's, and, that's an underrated and I don't think you could put people don't yeah, consider. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to say you can't put a price tag on it, but because you probably can, but, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. There, there's some danger in that. And I, I think, I mean, we, we, I think we, obviously that was an element we saw of the Wiggins thing. I think part of the reason why he got held back over his first six years in the league was because he grew up in a losing environment. And I think that that cultivates, you know, habits. And I think you could, probably to a lesser degree, but also probably true. Like I think it's cultivated habits for cat. Who's been on losing teams at all, but right. one year, his career. And then, and then Delo, right? Like he's been on losing teams and the Nets were like 42 and 40 that year. Yeah. They were the barely a winning team in the playoffs that year. You know, and I, even if it's subconsciously, I think you, I think you start setting in. Yeah. The, these weird habits where it doesn't, where it stops hurting to lose. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I don't know it, that's, I mean, that's just a, my opinion thing, but I think that's, I don't know. I, I think it's something to be considered when you think about the Timberwolves for the rest of this year or just, you know, in general, the next few years. Yeah. And I, and even there's other aspects of it too. Like how long would cat be happy if they're losing games with the fully healthy roster? Like that's been a conversation for, and I'm never at least you have a cop out right now that he hasn't been playing. Yeah. So, so like, what can, what can cat say? But yeah, but like there's people that like guarantee if the Timberwolves tank, like cat's going to leave. I can't go that far because I can't read cat's mind. I can't speak for him, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if that's what happened, if he was just like fed up and he's been through so much personally and everything that if he wanted to just like remove himself from this environment that he spent so long in, I think that's justifiable even now just because of all the stuff he's gone through. But if it's like a purely basketball decision based on this season, I don't think it's going to come down to that until they're like losing games with him in the lineup and he's doing everything he can elevated on both sides of the floor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the great question, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, and it's the case. This is a, this is a age old story. Like this happens with most really good 25 year olds, right. you start asking, you know, questions you don't know the answers to, which are, you know, how much does he want the 
player X want to be there? You know, Paul George, Kevin Durant, whatever. You know, you go to Blake Griffin down the list. Like, guys just typically move, and they move for a lot of different reasons. And sometimes they stay, and that's the that's the challenge, right? That's yeah. the that's the Gerson Rosas challenge is to um, is to cultivate an environment that makes him want to stay. And and ironically, or not ironically, the tricky part I just is is the fact that sometimes cultivating that environment is about losing a lot right to get a good you know another good player like that's the you know, that's the case for last year it's like all right maybe you lose a little bit of goodwill with cat in the in the notion that you, know, you had another losing season but your reward for that was anthony edwards who theoretically yeah. would make cat want to stay more and and yeah and it's the, it's the same, it's the same equation this year too, except you just multiply times 0.4 right, um, exactly. for, for, for these guys. So I don't know. I mean, we don't know. We don't know the rest of the equation. All we know yeah. is the point four. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's just, I just wanted to touch on that because I, I still don't see, see it as a viable path this early in the season. And it just confuses me how so many people do. Like I was surprised to see, when people found out that it was 40% odds that we keep it and 60 that we lose it, that they were still like gunning for that option over, over other ones. Cause I think. I don't winning, think a lot of people are very good at math. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they need to go back to preschool. I could teach them a few things. Um, <laughs> no, but so that's just kind of the whole situation there. I just, I don't see it as a viable path right now. And it's the, the it's 21 games of the year. Yeah. That, right. And, and this is the youngest team in the league. And, um, Oh, whatever that makes it bad. I get that part of making it bad, yeah. but teams, <laughs> teams don't start tanking 21 games in the season. Oh yeah. Ever. No. Even teams that tank, even the thunder, know? if the thunder, the thunder are going to probably end up tanking at the end of the year, but they're not doing it right now. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you do that by, pretty much by making moves. And then at yeah. the end of the season, you do it by shutting down players. Those that's exactly they're using that, this time. That's what the wolves growth. did. They're <laughs> letting Shea like show out, be who he is, get, get the most from Dort, who obviously is your guy. And you had some devastating news about Dort today <laughs> that the wolves liked him pre-draft. Did he go undrafted? Yeah, he went undrafted. <laughs> I would have been, it's, it's unfair to say that Dort is my oh. guy because he became, now he seems to be everybody's guy, but right. I remember, and Kyle Tagge, who's who works over at Canis. Um, I remember we were talking. We were talking about Dort. Like he, I think, I think Kyle came and covered a Wolves Thunder game, and this is like way back in the beginning. Well, this is before Dort. This is my, this is my case for why Dort's my guy. Is I told Kyle at that game, I was like, I like this little Dort guy who's uh-huh. you know a six foot tall fire hydrant. And that yeah. was before Dortmund. The, the Thunder were my team last year. They were my they were my non Wolves team that I just yeah. was like, okay, league pass. Like I'm watching I'm watching the right. Thunder game. But I also Dort is nowhere near as good as I pretend he is. I will also oh, say yeah, that. No. he's <laughs> like if yeah no he's not like some second star on the playoff team or anything. But but like is he a is he who the Wolves wish Josh Akogi was? Probably, I mean, it's probably it's, it probably is already who Josh Akogi is. Like, but Dort they just use better. him different. He's shooting better, yeah. This year, I mean, oh, yeah. Games well, into Josh this is season. shooting worse this year, so I know. But last year, Dort was yeah. just as bad as Josh. So. No, yeah. This year, he's Dort what, has developed 30, more than 37 percent from three this year for Dort. But it was like 
46 like earlier and it's kind it of was, it was. slowly coming down which you see with people all the time but mm-hmm. no yeah um but anyways so what i did want to talk about mostly was just like the rotation because it so many questions coming because we've seen what the rotation has been pretty consistent lately with people that are healthy but like culver's been out uh guancho's been out and obviously that was somebody who got paid in the off season before the year guy. And that cat guy has been out too, but we know he's going to be in the rotation, but behind him, it, there's some questions. Um, but before the year I wrote, um, for Wolf Among Wolves, like a rotation guessing thing. And I had, I think seven locks for the rotation. It was cat D'Lo Beasley, Edwards, Rubio, Akogi. And then I, I locked Wancho in cause he got paid. And I was like, you know, this is, this is the move. And then I had, uh, four guys who I said should probably be in. And that was Lehman Culver Nas and Ed Davis. And I actually projected Ed Davis to have more minutes than Nas, which is weird for me. Cause I was a really big Nas supporter even last season and um, people, but there was people thought Ed Davis was going to be the rotation, whether that was at the four or at the, at the five or whatever. Um, and then I had two prove it guys, which was Vanderbilt and McDaniels. And this was written before J Mac was, resigned so i didn't know if he was going to be back or anything like that so i didn't want to write about him he's Um, like half back (laughs) yeah right uh but so i feel confident that still probably six of those seven i said were locks are still going to be in it and then it's wancho that is like the question mark um so the the thing that i want to talk about first was jace frederick tweeted out something that ryan said the other day saying that once the wolves are healthy, Ryan's going to find a rotation and just like stick to it for a while, just to kind of see, see what it can be. Cause as a coach, you're not just going to, okay, Wancho has one bad game. If he's in the rotation, now he's out of the rotation next game, whoever's in. So you want to have some consistency. Um, how many do you think are going to be in that set rotation that he runs? 10. And I, that's what I would, that's my guess too. I would think it would be 10. Um, so it's been 10 all year. It's been yeah. 10 all year. And it was 10 and most, like, most of last year too. Occasional yeah. games, it was nine, occasional 11, if there's foul trouble and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So do you think he ultimately wants to cut it down later on? Like there's been the talk about, he said, no, I don't no, know the exact I don't think wordage, it but he <laughs> I, had said he would like to get it to like eight or nine guys, but like. Yeah. I mean, I've asked him about this numerous times this year. I, it, what he says every time is that if it were clear that there were like eight or nine right. guys who were, who were playing really well that he would, you know, and then the other ones weren't that he wouldn't. But what Ryan always says is that there isn't, there hasn't been that big of a difference in the production of whatever player seven through player yeah. 11, which is true. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's for that reason, you know, that you have gotten to see the, include. I mean, Generally speaking, I think 10 is probably too many, but I, I think at the same time, like it has allowed for opportunities, you know, um, you can go back to last year with Nas um, and then this year first with Vanderbilt and then McDaniels. I mean, those are all guy, all three of those guys who were not in the rotation, didn't seem like rotation players. And then they, you know, they get a shot and not like, well, yeah. given the alternatives, they should for sure, you know, they should be for, for sure in the mix. And um so I don't know. I mean, it's, it has, it has opened up some opportunity. Yeah. Um, so if we want to just run down like 10 guys, who do you, who do you think it, 
who do you think those 10 guys are? Cause I feel like we will have probably nine of the same 10, but I'm just curious, like who your 10th person would be, who you think, well, who you, do you think Ryan's going to not necessarily what do you the would starters do. starters first. You do the starters first of who you think Ryan is going to start once the team is, if everyone was magically okay. healthy today. Um, so I, I think that's going to be D'Lo, Beasley. I don't think you can put Edwards back on the bench. So I think it's going to be Edwards. And I think McDaniels has worked his way into the starting lineup. And I, then obviously Cat at the five. Is that what you would do? Or is that what you think Ryan both. will do? I think it's both. You're right. That, and, that, and you probably have a little more like, like you hear Ryan talk about stuff. And I try to listen to whatever they post on YouTube and watch all that stuff. But like, Sometimes all I can get is what's like written down in words and you just reading that versus like hearing it is two totally different things. Kind of like the Wiggins mm-hmm. comments in like golden state, like <laughs> yeah, right, right. hearing him say it versus like reading what he said, there's like a difference cadence, different cadence and everything to how he said right. it. Uh, but those seem like the five that should. Yeah, be and I don't the, know if it'll be McDaniels like right, right away. away. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess people are probably listening to this after the Oklahoma city game. Uh, the first Oklahoma city game. And I, I would, I think there's a chance that McDaniel starts tonight at the four um, kind because of triggering this, not just cause Shay's out just like, in, I think in general, they're going to move to that soon um, yeah. of McDaniels as the starting four. Um, That's great. That's just, so <laughs> I didn't even me who's like the most optimistic person of all, like all these young players. Like I never would have guessed McDaniels like saw more than, 10 games total with the wolves this year, like yeah. and much less played good. But that the reason you didn't see that is because you're too optimistic and you didn't bake in. Yeah. The, the fact Maybe I was too optimistic was coming, about the people that, that, above him, like Wancho and those guys and that there wouldn't be injuries and, or just that this team is poison. Or the fact that, that I weigh almost hurt. the same or the fact that I almost weigh more than McDaniels does. And he's nine inches taller than me too. Like that, that's our forward. You're, you're a power. He's not teacher. power anything. He's just forward. <laughs> yes. But no, I, I, again, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that comes, you know, it, until cat gets back. Um, right. But I think, yeah, I do. I do think soon that they, they move into a cat McDaniels Ant, Beasley D'Lo, you know, starting lineup. And then, and then the question is about the other, it's about the other five, right? Right. So, you like, you like McDaniel's next to Cat more than, uh, not not that we've seen like either of them, but like theoretically, <laughs> theoretically, you like McDaniel's next to Cat more than um, Vanderbilt next to Cat, or is it that you like Vanderbilt more next to Nas than you like McDaniel's next to Nas? Probably both, but I think McDaniel's is probably just better. Yeah, um, and he, I think you just want to put the better player and next to Cat. The, fits the scheme offensively more too, which is, I mean, you can make the other argument though, too, which is, is that, you know, cat could maybe use some more um, security on the interior. Yeah. Which Vanderbilt would provide over McDaniels. But I mean, I think one of the biggest surprises to me is, has been how well, you know, McDaniels does defend and defend in, you know, the interior just with length. And spring and shot blocking ability. I mean, he's a he's proven to be a good shot deterrent, and, yeah. and so is Vanderbilt too. But, but yeah, I, I think I like the idea of 
Nas and Vanderbilt as, you know, the, the backup bigs. Cause Nas could use some help rebounding the ball too. I think that's like a clear sure. thing. Like Nas is a fine rebounder, but mm-hmm. he's not, he's, he's not better, gonna average. He's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not going to average 10 a game as a starter playing 30 something minutes. Probably mm-hmm. Vanderbilt will probably out rebound him in less minutes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What, like 11 the other night and like, yeah, like not, not very, not very like 14 minutes or whatever he played. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess the, the residual impact, if you go, if your four bigs are cat McDaniels, Oz and Vanderbilt is that Ed Davis is then out of the rotation. So he's, yeah. and know, I know, he's Br- the- I know Britt wants like Davis to get some, some run in there, but that would, if he's playing 10 minutes and cat, if you want Ed played in 10 minutes and you want cat playing 32 minutes, then you got to, you got to get. No, Nas, like, I, I see value. I see value floor. in Ed too, but at the same time, now you're doing the really watering it down sort of thing. And, and in my opinion, you want to give like you want to give as many minutes as you can, you know, to the guys that are in the rotation. Yeah. I, I think particularly with young players, if they're playing, you know, just two six minute shifts and they're getting twelve minutes, ten minutes a night. Yeah it's just going to be hard, you know, hard to get much out of them. And if you're, you're kind of signing up for that, if you put Davis in for 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, but so there is things so, yeah. that are good about it. Like his screening would be like a huge asset in like some facets, mm-hmm. but I just think like throwing Nas and all yeah. that stuff, like is worth more than the screens he's Davis sets for Russell and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's debatable, but again, if we're having the, what's going to happen versus what we would want to happen thing is I think what's going to happen is Davis is out of the rotation. I mean, Davis yeah. isn't I think he will right be now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. He didn't even play last game in which I didn't really realize until after the game. And I was like, Oh, he, you know, Vanderbilt was exclusively like the backup five to Nas. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So and I don't know. I mean, that might be, that might be situational. I could see them if they're playing like a big team that has, you know, starts a big four and a five and plays them a lot. Like, Maybe like that's a Lakers game where something. you get Davis. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There's, there's a good handful of teams there, but, but yeah, generally speaking, I think Davis is out. And then the next kind of part of the puzzle is all right. Well, our reasoning for taking Davis out was that you already have a full house at, amongst the bigs. So what do you do with Wancho? Like, yeah. Is he, you know, is, is he in, in the mix there too? And um, you know, again, if we're having the, what do we think they're going to do conversation? I think there's a possibility that Wancho's in and Vanderbilt's out uh, of, you know, of that group. And because if not, if, if you're just, if you're going with four bigs and you have Vanderbilt in, then I don't, I mean, Wancho can't play the three. I don't no, think. Not, he's so, not quick enough. I don't, I don't see. I don't well, see how he, he's got issues at the four too, but yeah, like, he's just um, not really, he doesn't have a position in like a bad way. You know, some people don't have a position in like a, <laughs> a kind of okay way he doesn't have yeah. one and it's not like a good way he's too small to play the four and too too slow to play the three and yeah yeah doesn't sound very good <laughs> um, i think he's gonna get a chance to turn his his spot back i think what point. i think will be i think it'll depend on what happens here kind of over the next few weeks because if mcdaniels does take kind of a spot the starting spot and run with it if that happens um you know, like like Wancho, it's going to be a while till he's back, like in the rotation, you know, I think period. So yeah. we're not a while, but for sure a few games. 
So you're going to kind of, you kind of have this window right here to make your decision, you know, what you're going to do at the power forward position there or to inform your decision. Uh, but if, you know, if McDaniels or Vanderbilt don't stick out as much as you hope, then you have the case Then Ryan has the case for bringing yeah. Wancho back in or Gerson has the case for pressuring that, you know, maybe to, to happen. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's, like so I would say possible. that's kind of like the that's kind of like the tenth. That's a spot that's in question is the backup power forward Vanderbilt versus versus Wancho. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say about Wancho is like Wancho is probably over, <clears throat> excuse me, overpaid for like what his worth probably has been for sure. But like I think people kind of make out his contract to be a lot worse than it really is. Like he's still only making like six million over this mm-hmm. year or this year and then like 7 million next year. Like, it's not like it's really sure. making the Timberwolves like screwed. But like, yeah, when you yeah, are close just... to the tax, it matters more, but it's not like an immovable contract that you will have to like pay a first round pick to get off of or something like, like that. That's why I don't right. think it's like there's a huge this, deal. Yeah. There's kind of like the narrative of like, Oh, they paid Wancho. So he has to play, but it is important to acknowledge what they paid him. Yeah. Not just that they paid him. Like yeah. to some extent it's, it's like, okay, sure you and that was your other signing of the off season. And so that would, that would indicate that it's somebody you're somewhat invested in, but drafting a player in the first round, like Jaden McDaniels would indicate you're invested, you know, yeah. in him, like just cause just cause he's on a rookie scale deal that pays him 2 million doesn't mean they like him less than they like Wancho, you know? So it's um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's a little overrated how invested they are in Wancho, but at the same time, the behavior is dictated when Wancho was healthy. Yeah. That they were willing to kind of see it out a little bit more than whatever his production suggested. Yeah. And he didn't get paid as a starter either. Like, yeah, that's backup money. Yeah, that's backup money. So, and I don't think it was ever the long term plan to be a starter. Maybe it was a starter plan this season, but I don't Mm -hmm. think it was like, this is the perfect player we're going to pair with Cat for the next four years. Exactly. I just never really saw that. Um, so what do you think they'll do at the wing? Okay. So, so this is where it gets interesting. So if you throw out, um, so obviously Nas is a backup center, so he's going to be in whatever. So if you put Vanderbilt in over Wancho on the bench, you cannot justify running Rubio, Okogi, Culver, Vanderbilt, and Nas. That's one shooter in that entire lineup. One like, that's, why, that's and then, why I think it might be Wancho. Yeah, and that's that's the point too. Or mm-hmm. is it Noel over over Culver? Which like I've been a proponent of Culver, and I know you like did you've been really low on him, and then he tricked <laughs> you for like a little bit, and now you're back to being low on him, which is totally warranted because like he hasn't really shown much outside of a handful of games this year. So like is Noel an option over Culver or are you know, because I don't. How do you run yeah. for non-shooters? I yeah, don't. You probably, you probably don't. I mean, yeah. you could. I mean, you could stagger up the rotations more and not make it a platoon. Uh, that uh-huh. would, that would be. You That's know, one true. Way you don't. The Saunders never way. really does five out, five in, like right at yeah. a time. They'll share the floor, he, but he not. Did, like, he did it that San Antonio the last game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some five true. guys out there. I mean, yeah, no, that's that's the question. Um, is is you know just because those are the sixth through tenth best players, do they right. you know do they fit together as a group of five? 
And no, like they, they don't because, because you lack shooting there. Um, at the same time, it's, it's hard to see. Uh, yeah. It's hard to see them not play Culver. I, I think, you know, one, the first round pick investment in him a year ago. And then two, he, he's the, I mean, he's your best defensive option of all the leftover guys other than Josh. Right. And so you kind of, like, I think they could have really used Culver in that Spurs game to put on DeRozan. I think just that think length. And, yeah. I mean, or just cause everyone else sucked guarding him. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Culver, Culver isn't a bad defender. Uh, no. the, what complicates it is, is who can you play him with offensively? And, um, you know, I, I, I think there's, there's a way, like the best way to play multiple non-shooters is to do so with Cat Dilo on the floor. So I, I would, I would wonder if, if the rotation is staggered in a way so that the minutes that Culver and Akogi share the floor together are when Cat is also on the floor right. outside of the starter minutes. I know it's kind of complicated, but like there isn't the problem with playing Josh and, and Jarrett Culver together are, is not, is, is only exacerbated when Cat isn't on the floor with them yeah. as well. Like the offense, the offense can be fine. If, if the lack of shooting can be, taken care of if, if cats on the floor with them too. So, so I don't know. I mean, Ryan's tried different things over the years with cat, like playing him all the way through the whole first quarter, like the 12 minutes right there, or he's done things too, where he's been the first sub out and he comes back in with the second unit. So I, I would assume it's probably something like that when cats back and that opens up yeah, a little bit more optionality for, you know, for what you're doing, doing off the bench allowing you to play a Koki and Culver who I think are the guys that they would prefer to play yeah. over Jalen Noel and over Jake Lehman, who are your other wing options there. Yeah. Do you, do you think Noel's defense is like actually like pretty good? I don't think we know yet. Um, that would That's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah. That's like where I'm if, at you, too. if you knew, um, if you knew he was just like a shade worse defensively than Culver, then you play him. Yeah, he's um, then he's obviously like the choice yeah. there, and he's looked he 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 gives good effort on the defense side of the ball yeah, so he far. Tries. That's a win. That's um, a win for sure. But he's also like he's also like six four. He's he's pretty undersized um, from a defensive standpoint, like in a not a Kogi way. Like he's just actually like a two guard. Yeah, and, and the Wolves already have like a Malik Beasley who's like that yeah, size. he's like Malik. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's probably what you know, Noel ends up being defensively is kind of like Malik, which is, you know, somebody's giving you a lot of effort there, but maybe, um, but maybe loses in some situations or can only guard specific people based on his yeah. size. I think that's kind of part of Malik's issue. And then the other part is just, you ball know, off ball awareness. Yeah. yeah right. Um, and, and Noel, I think has been good at that part of it, um, which like kind of lends me to believe that he'd be a better defender, but, I don't, I mean, I don't think we know if he's, yeah. I don't think we know if he's a good defender right now. Um, I don't, or I don't think we have a lot of like film evidence of anything outside of effort. Uh, yeah. Well, but we don't I mean, know a lot about probably going to happen is somebody else is going to get hurt. Yeah. Like that's like, it, it's we're, inevitable. We're, we're having this conversation that it's 13 guys, whatever. 
Yeah. Um, that are all good. I mean, with injuries or with COVID and everything, yeah. it's like it probably be, will be a little bit of mix and match. But I think the broader point is that if they are fully healthy, this gets weird on the second unit with either from a shooting perspective or just from, you know, needing to pull one of Wancho or Culver out of the rotation who are two, two of the people who, who Rosas has bet on the biggest in his regime. And that, that leads to a whole weird, like what impact does Rosas have on the rotations sort of conundrum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Cause Noel's another guy who played at Washington, like Jaden McDaniels. And I'm pretty sure they still ran zone defense when he was there. I asked them about that last night or two nights ago. Did they run zone defense when, when he was at Washington? Yeah. yeah. Washington always runs zone. And I asked him, for which is just, for, they're just bad at it too, which I don't know why they play it. Cause they're not good at it. Like if you were good at it, one thing, but they just haven't looked good at it. They've been good at it before. I think I mean, I, whatever at bottom of the line, Jalen played two years of zone defense in college and now comes to the pros and doesn't play last year. And now is just getting his first time. So he hasn't really played competitive basketball in a man concept for a long time. Um, yeah. And, and I asked him about it and he, what, what his response was funny. I don't know if I agree with it, but he was like, well, I played two years of zone at Washington, but in high school, I played four years, of man. So yeah. his assertion was because he played man in high school that he could do it, which I played man in I high mean, school too. Yeah. That's what I was thinking also. Uh, but um, I mean, we don't know that he can't do it, but just, yeah, you just no. know that it's, it's been a while for sure. Um, but then obviously keep going like ricky is going to be in the rotation uh fans yeah, yeah, on I, it, yeah. but he's going to be um yeah he'll be, he'll be the backup point guard and then uh akogi's going to be in there i'm guessing unless like he just gets tragically bad um defensively i think somehow. i mean yeah i think he's he's in there because they will want him in for sure for yeah. for his defense and and also like we're we're guessing on the you know, the starting lineup that he's going to get removed. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much every indication up to this point is that Josh is a starter. He started yeah. like every game, except for the one, I think when he was coming back, his first game back from injury, maybe first two when he's coming back from injury. Yeah. Uh, but like, they like Josh too. And Josh isn't, is important to their scheme, particularly once yeah. Cat's back in just kind of, you know, controlling the point of attack and, and working, you know, working with Cat there. He's, he's the best on the team at, you know, at at that type of the of game and getting back to you know have that rear view contest on on the shot of the of the pick and roll ball handler and that's that's really important for putting cat in um you know in a profitable situation uh-huh. defensively there just aren't there aren't a lot of other guys on this team who can do that i mean culver culver's your next best option um that's not yeah. something ant can do that's not something malik can do Jaden at his, who they've used too. Like if Culver, Culver and Akogi are out of the game, they'll, they're going to put McDaniels on, yeah, on the team's best wing creator, which is, is a whole just weird thing because it's like they have their whoever their power forward is guards Ja Morant or Luka Doncic or Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, like it's it's right. a whole it funky thing, but it actually kind of works. I think like I think it's been fine to to do that the past few games where you put. You know, you put Josh on uh, Colin Sexton, and then you can just put Ant 
to slide up to the four and he's guarding Larry Nance or Torian Prince, whoever's in at the four for them. Like it does work um, defensively that way. Yeah. And, and the whole thing comes back to like how you define positions on a basketball court. Is it like where you play on offense or where you play on defense? Cause Ryan said before the year, didn't Ryan say before this year that it was who you were guarding is who you Yeah, but they don't like to talk about positions. The distinguishing characteristics for this team are where you are positioned on offense. On offense. I, for, for most, for most teams. Yeah. I think it is defined by who you're guarding, but with Josh, he's always going to be guarding the point of attack. So, so if we're using that definition, then he's the point guard. Yeah. Josh isn't the point guard. No. Right. I, I think you, you just for the Nigerian basketball off. team. He is. Maybe, maybe that's a good team. He was. Um, and he claimed uh, that it helped his ball handling, but I haven't seen it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just think like the, the four spots interesting of how they use it uh, offensively because, you know, whether that be like Vanderbilt in the dunker spot or, you know, Josh mashing out to the corner, what, whatever that might be, like that's where – that's how you de- I think you define positions on this team is by who is playing the four offensively yeah. um, more so than defensively. Defensively, they're just kind of looking for the most advantageous matchup or the – whoever D'Lo can be hit on. And then you just adjust accordingly that way. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of protocol like in place there of you, this, right. if that, and this, if that, and it's, um, but a lot of that is freed up by Josh being able to put yeah. Josh on anyone, you know, one through four. So speaking of D'Angelo Russell's defense, what have you thought of it so far? Like this year compared to what you've known of it prior to him being on the Timberwolves? Still atrocious off ball, um, a lot better on ball is what that's I would what I've, say. That's what I've come to kind of conclude. Have you looked at the synergy numbers of his defense? Well, doesn't everybody's synergy numbers suck on the team? They're the worst defense in the league. Okay, but, but okay, spot up situations, he is 24th percentile, just bad, like 1.2 per, points per possession. That's better Pick than him. I would have thought it would have been. You want to take a guess what his percentile is? Pick and roll ball handler defense. Fifth. 94th percentile. As a pick and roll ball hand. Oh, 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 and he's guarding. Okay, got yes. it, got it, got it. Yes. So he's 0. Yeah. 0.593 points per possession. And that's Defending his most it. and that's his yes, and that's his most used um defensive mm-hmm. thing, according to synergy. And obviously, like yeah. synergy's not like the end all be all for like how good a player is. No, 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 that's a, like, that's a that's a good indicator. So he's I given had, up. I had to check. You know who's is the worst is Jaden's. Oh, Jaden. Oh, okay. Jaden's is bad. Well, Jaden hasn't played very much. Yeah. And it's like, he's like overall like third percentile or, or whenever the last time I looked at it was. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think what just hurts you, like, I think D'Lo is actually okay on ball in those situations because the people he's guarding aren't the best pick and roll option, right. On the team uh-huh. typically. And um you know, and so for him, it's just kind of like staying in front. And Plus, he's got those long arms, and he's not like a small point guard. Like, he's yeah. got decent size. So, I think that helps him. But, yeah, he's given up 32 points in 54 possessions. So, like, that's pretty yeah. pretty not impressive. I did, I did not expect seeing that um, yeah. uh, when I logged in. But, yeah. yeah I, well, I think I, where he's killer is, is when there's um, – when somebody gets penetration on their man and he's the weak side help. Uh, I mean, there was one big play at the end of the the Spurs game was Trey Lyles you know, went to the basket and 
D'Lo's got to step in there and take a charge or be at the charge circle to contest. And he's bad at those physical elements of it, where he just doesn't really you know, take that contact well or take it at all. And I think that's what this team really misses in general is because that's kind of like a form of rim defense. Yeah. If you're, if your big isn't there, you've got to show bodies like at the rim. And, and that's what, I guess what I'm saying, when I mark down in my notes, when D'Lo has had a bad defensive play, it's typically in those type of situations. And when he's had a good defensive play um, or solid, it is more um, at the point of attack and in, you know, ball screen actions. Yeah. And he uses his hands well too. in like, you know, situations, yeah. poke a ball free and stuff like that. Um, so I don't think he's like as bad at defense as like Trey Young is who like is notoriously like the worst defender in the league. Um, uh, I wouldn't say he's a lot better. No, 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 no. But I just think Trey just doesn't even have the size to like guard, like, you know, isolation, not isolation, uh, but like, you know, on ball defense situations. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah no, so. D'Lo, D'Lo's got some size that, that helps. Right. That helps a little bit. Um, okay. So we already talked about, like, we think Edwards is probably going to soon be like the starting three on this team. I, like if not, I already. think he already is. Yeah. I think yeah. He's the starter going for He has shown some pretty good, like synergy. It seems like with like D'Lo and Beasley offensively, which is not necessarily really something. Good surprise. It's been yeah. Good. Yeah. Not something I really expected to happen, like right out the gate. Uh, but it's looked pretty, pretty solid. So that's like been something that, I've I know it's I know by. it's against the rules to give Saunders a compliment, but the way they've made that work with the two guard front, I think, has been a big part of why that's been, um, you know, been more successful. It's kind of getting away from more just the one guard high pick and roll that, and, mm-hmm. and kind of having the optionality of D'Lo and Ant or Ricky and Ant up there. That I think that engages Ant um, more and it's they didn't do it in the San Antonio game where they just were, were basically running one man actions the whole time. And that fourth quarter went terribly, I yeah. think in, in, in part because of that, but you do kind of need to adjust your whole, whole scheme. If you're going to have a very ball dominant player out there in D'Lo, a very ball dominant player in ant, and then also a third player that you really want to involve off ball in the league. And that's even before you bring cat into the equation, like all three of those guys are going to, it's going to be kind of weird. It's going to be kind of weird for all of them to take more of a back seat here in the, yeah. you know, in the coming games. Offensively, could, just the workload's going to be less. Yeah. And Kat's going to get his 20, whatever point, like that's just who he is. But like, even this, like so far we've seen like cats fine with deferring to like other guys and, you know, finding sure. passes to other guys, but like, he's it's still going to dominate so possessions. More, yeah. It's just yeah. so much more usage than Ed Davis. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you got even more uses than Nas. Like he's yeah. going to be passing out at like the high post or like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the elbow a lot more than Nas Reed right. and definitely a lot more than Ed Davis is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should also open up the offense. You know, it's not going to, it should hinder the offense. It should, you know, no, theoretically I, help I just the think I, I, obviously it, it will help. I just think there's going to be like that game, you know, or Malik, and this is understandably. So I think we saw <laughs> frustration from him in the fourth quarter of not getting enough touches. Right. Yep. And and as he should, he was having his best game of the year and he wasn't getting a lot of touches. But I think a lot of times the games are going to start feeling like that for him, where there's just the natural flow of the game sometimes is he's now going to have only be shooting eight shots in a game. 
not not that that's his average, yeah. but but you know, I'm interested to see how he responds to that because if you look at now, so what's it been? He's played 35 games for the Wolves, 14 last yep. year, 21 yep. this year. Yep. Like he's been the number one or number two option in all almost. I, I would even say like the cat games, because like you said, cat was deferring. He's been so heavily prioritized yeah. in the offense uh, that it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be an adjustment and the wolves, I mean, Saunders is going to need to adjust too and be intentional about keeping him involved. And I've wanted, I've been thinking about that a lot recently of just, you know, are there ways that they can get Malik more involved now when he's having these games where he's like, eight of nine from two and three of five from three, you go, man, can we make it? So it's more than 14 shots. Like, yeah, that's what, you know, that's what I, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard. It's going to be tricky. It's going to be tricky on the players and the coaching. Cause these are four ball dominant offensive players. And I think, and I think one way to kind of do that is you're not going to want Malik to ever be like your six man, like coming off the bench, but like, is he possibly ever? the, f- well, maybe at some point, but I'm saying right this year with this team. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, do you – is he like the first guy subbed out so he can come back with the second unit later and, you know, get some run where he is maybe not the third option or whatever. He's like the first or second option on the floor just so you don't have your four, four guys that yeah. could get you 20 like on the court at the same time. Yeah, it's I think there's, you know, there's adjustments to be made there and that doesn't necessarily have to be him subbed out first. It could be getting yeah, Cat Milo out, you know, they're both out for the last 5 minutes of the first and maybe Malik plays all 12 of the first and then for those last 5 minutes of the quarter it's it's his show or whatever, you know, it's it's more going through him. There there's there's a lot of ways to adjust for that. It's just when you have a team that's really heavy on offense, that's part of the that's part of the challenge. Like yeah. is is to is to make it was to make that work. And then the most important time is the time when they're all on the floor together. Cause I could say like, Oh, you need to stagger them to spread the ball around and this and that. Well, the last eight minutes of every game, you're going to want all four of those guys yeah. out on the floor. So how are you going to make that work? Like that's going to be 15 minutes a game of 20 minutes a game of those guys out there. That's, that's half the game, you know, like how, how, you know, how do you, how do you make that work? Keeping everyone, the offense is going to be good. But how do you keep everyone happy in, in the midst of that is that's the balance. Yeah. And theoretically, you know, it's a good problem to have to have too, too much offense, but you know, if Delo's not, you know, passing the ball to like people that are hot at the end of the games, like we saw in the San Antonio game, you know, not getting Malik involved, which it's, it's tough, but like, and had See, one I, I possession, you, Malik had what? Yeah. I, I think if you go, I think if you go through that, um, like it was way too much high pick and roll for deal. Right. Yeah. In the fourth quarter, I, we can all agree on that, yeah. but we oftentimes define a possession by how it ends, not by yeah. the actions you try and get to before it. And if you go back and I didn't realize this, like in live time, I only did once I went back was, was that they were trying to get to pin down actions from a leak mm-hmm. at in the fourth quarter there. But what would happen? They run that double drag thing with with Malik and Dilo up there, and Nas is yep. up there too. And they're trying to use Nas to free Malik so that Malik can get the catch, and then he can isolate or catch it on a curl, whatever. Yep. They were trying to do those things. They did that a lot of possessions. But what happened was Nas didn't set a good screen on Malik's man. Malik didn't come off the screen well, and and so now if you're Dilo, 
Malik is not open. He has not freed himself to be open. Nas and him have not done their part of the execution to get open. So now you're D'Lo and there's eight seconds left on the shot clock. What do you what do? do, you, do? Right. you call you call Nas for the screen and then it's a pick and roll. That's what I'm talking about. The end of the possession, it ended that way. And we define the possession as a, as a high pick and roll for D'Lo. But, you know, part of it is they need to execute, including D'Lo. D'Lo is part of that equation too. If you're trying to run pin down action for for Malik, then you got to run pin down action for Malik. And that includes Nas, Malik, and D'Lo all making that happen. And, and they didn't, they, they, you know, they, they didn't do that. Yeah. And I think that was the thing too, is like some of like the after timeout plays, I think they just like didn't work out and, you know, people are like, Oh, that's what Ryan drew up. And it's like, okay, watch what Ryan actually drew up and then watch how the Spurs stopped it. And then we kind of had to resort to D'Lo doing whatever he does. Yeah, I mean, I would say it was it was a failure on all parts. I mean, I oh was yeah, for sure. Like, in in the fourth, and that includes Ryan. And Ryan said after the game that he took fault in not getting Ant enough touches there. And I think that's that was just and a had what that one touch after he rebounded it and brought the ball. Yeah, up. yeah, exactly. And you know, it, it's that was an error, uh, you know, on Ryan's part. And, and in my opinion, I think at some point you just go, all right, we've run like the last eight possessions have ended in a D'Lo pick and roll. So at what point do you just say, all right, Ant, come up and get it. Just run four flat and isolate and, you know, and, and just try and, and just try and beat your man one-on-one. I think that was the air of Saunders was, was not. And I think Ryan would say that he did say that essentially after the game too, is in hindsight, what you were trying to run wasn't, wasn't working. It's not that you weren't running anything. I think people think, oh, they weren't running anything. Yeah. They were running stuff. What they were running was not being executed. And so because of that, it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And, and so to me, what that suggests is you got to run something different, run something that is very easy to execute. And it's just the easiest possible thing to execute is running an isolation play for your best isolation player. And, yeah. and if they ever got to that, it was with D'Lo and it, and it wasn't, you know, and it wasn't with Ant. He wasn't. Yeah. And D'Lo only touches. capitalized like what, twice? He had like two layups there. Yeah. Like, he got fouled pretty... one time. He got, it was good when he actually got yeah. to the basket. Yeah. He finished um, it pretty was well. a disaster. If he pulled up, it was just a, it was yeah. trying and he to wasn't... do foul thing and it was bad. Yeah. Um, and you think just a couple more baskets was like all the, the wolves needed to like win that game, you know, a couple, what I think they went like six minutes without scoring or something like that. It was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's obviously, everybody's going to want to blame it on Saunders because that he is like the scapegoat and he hasn't been great. Like I'm not going to defend oh, that. He's there's, been, like, there's blame, great, there's blame, but there's blame um, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you got a team that's executing really poorly, particularly yeah. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, and, and so I would say that that is on both the players and the coaches. If your team isn't executing, that's on, on your coaches, but the players got to do it. You, 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 this isn't a video game. You can't, you can't joystick them off yeah. the screen and, and hit a to pass or whatever. Like it, 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 you know, it, it, it doesn't work there. And I think, I think part of that is, is a failure of, of coaching it in practice, you know, and getting those reps in there. Now, the other part of that is they haven't been able to practice. They haven't been able to practice much at all this entire you every year. other night. Yeah, they practiced yesterday, so let's let's hope to see some execution here in the Oklahoma City game. But uh, yeah, I don't know. They gotta. It's just, 
I don't know. Anybody who's coached basketball and you've coached it at multiple different levels, your players execute better the older they are. Yeah. And and the Wolves I coached fourth have, grade. They the didn't execute. Have, the Wolves have the equivalent of, yeah, of, of that rather than, you know, ninth graders. Um, yeah, and, I, and I'm not sure if you, like, if you saw this, but I just went and, like, counted how many games every team has played with all their players. So, like, added up every game played for – every player in the, the league right now. So the Wolves total or average per player, uh, third lowest. The average player on the Wolves has played 189 games in their career. Um, the Grizzlies and Hornets are only the one, the teams that have less. And then like you go to the Lakers, they played 450 average. So like, and then I went through and looked at how many games every single player has played. Edwards, Reed, Vanderbilt, Culver, McDaniels, McLaughlin, Noel, and Higgins, but we don't count him. So that's seven guys that have played less than one full NBA season on this Timberwolves roster. That's like a really inexperienced team when you think of like five of those guys are like in the rotation. And and that and now to spray more blame around, that's not on them either. You know, that's no. not who put that, you know, who put that roster together. Yeah. You know, that's why I don't know. I mean, people can assign the blame as they want. Some goes on Ryan, some goes on the players, and some goes on Gerson. You know, at the end of the day, he's the maestro of all of it. He chose the coach, he chose the players, he chose the style of play. I mean, how can you be surprised? How can you be surprised yeah. that that this is this has transpired when Cat's been injured? Like, obviously, you couldn't plan for Cat being injured, but but you didn't have have a they had no parachute for. A, a cat injury right. and and like i think part of them in like the hyper logical sense which is the one that they operate under is well if cat's out it doesn't matter anyways and i can get behind some of that right like yeah you're not going anywhere if you don't have cat on this team you're, you're yeah. going to be a bad team but this, that's where i go back to like there's a human element of this there's the what is the impact then of, of playing in a losing environment. What's the impact of playing without the parachute? Like you fall down and you die. Yeah. Like that, that's what happened it here is they didn't, it didn't, this doesn't work without cat. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and people are, you know, I, and I'm actually not saying that as an excuse. I'm saying that as an indictment. People think it's always an excuse when you say, Oh, they don't have cat. They don't have cat. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. They don't have cat. Why do they not? Why do they only, why can it only work if cats out With there? cat? Yeah. That that's, that's the indictment. Speaking of that, like, so Delo right now is trying to be, you know, one, you know, the number one option or one a with Beasley as one B or whatever has, do you think he wants to be that? No, I don't think he does. I really yeah. don't think Delo wants to, I think I he would, he, he would want to be two behind cat. Mm -hmm. Um, but has Delo ever? I think really... Delo hates this. I think I think oh, like yeah. Delo hates this. No, yeah, I agree. But has he ever really not been the best player on his team outside of like his rookie year? Uh, well, probably both years in LA, he wasn't the best player, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, two two years in LA, but Brooklyn was he him Levert first Dinwiddie year, first year in first year in Brooklyn probably would have been. Um, I forget, forgetting that roster. Dinwiddie maybe? No, I don't know if Dinwiddie's good there. Yeah. That first year they didn't have much. They were like, it was, it was like 
LeBert's first year. It was Dan we'll pull it up quick. Yeah, it's like it was, those guys that Hollis Jefferson played a lot on that team. Ed Davis was in that rotation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I Jared Allen. I yeah. guess it was it was really it was really it was honestly kind of like a team like this where it was yeah maybe Delo's the best player and then a lot of role players and those role players were all better than these Wolves role players right and Delo led that team in scoring outside of Jeremy Lin sc- playing in one game and scoring Jeremy eighteen Lin? points oh, okay <laughs> um, Delo averaged fifteen a year that was the first year fifteen a game fifteen and a half and then Rondé was second with fourteen so like he was the the guy that was a I don't think they were good. They had 14. That's insane. And they still had 28 wins. Uh, that's good coach. Wolves wouldn't have 28 wins if D'Lo was averaging 15 points. And Rondé was averaging. <laughs> but what if Rondé was on the team right now? Yeah, he, right. Um, <laughs> but then the second year, he led the team in scoring, and it was him, Joe Harris. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Joe winning. Harris in the second year. Yeah, and Joe Harris was third on the team with like yeah see that team that's a team of just way better role players around yes, Dino. Right. so but yeah i guess you're right like he was the so like isn't the thought player. there that like he could be on a playoff team as a number one option yeah if you gave him nine if you have like, yeah if you have maybe. a good rotation so in the east in the east that's maybe. that's fair too but theoretically you make him the 2a 2b option with cat and like this team could win 45% of their games fully healthy after they synergize with each other and learn how to play with each other. Um, right. But that also comes to coaching uh, just system in general, like mm-hmm. culture, yeah, well, the, everything. The, you would need to be on a team that's trying to maximize wins. And the yeah. Wolves are not trying to maximize wins given the style of play that they play. Yeah. That's um, just fact. Yeah. How good do you think the offense is going to be like with cat right now? They're the worst offense in the league, which I did not expect. I expected like 20 something, maybe 20th, 24th. If cat wasn't there, 30th is just like pretty inexcusable. Um, with cat, do you think, I know before the season you pegged him at what, like 13th or something like that. Yeah. Do you I think that's kind of still 13th. where they will be with, with everyone? Um, I, I think, I actually think they've been trending in the right direction offensively for like, you know, two quarters of each of the last five games where you're like, oh, okay, I see the, the outline of a yeah. approaching, you know, of a group of the surrounding players being decent enough so that one cat's plugged in, you have an average offense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic of, the, of the impact of of the Cat and D'Lo action there too, just the the two of them playing together. I think if if I could know that Cat was gonna, I think if he brought back like the Cat of last season, you know, full health, fully in shape, and you plug him in with this group, you cut down your rotation to just like your nine best players. Um, yeah, like I I think this could be, I think it, it still could be a. 10th, 11th, 12th best offense yeah. in the league. Yeah. And I'm kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with, there's just some really good offenses in the league where I don't know if they really like crack into like that top mm-hmm. 10 and obviously like season long, they won't because they've been so bad. Um, but if you like refresh when cat gets back, right. Oh, and, and, and it goes it back to like, what obviously. we were go back, goes back to what we were saying with the whole, like, you know, how is it going to, how are, D'Lo, Ant, and Malik going to take 
the adjustment of moving down a spot on the pecking order. Um, you know, how they accept that and function within those roles will directly correlate to how the offense escalates. Like those yeah. are four good offensive players. If they're, if they're playing in their ideal spots and leaning into those, their ideal spots, and then cats leaning into his like two or three ideal spots, then yeah. Like on that side of the ball, you should be straight. Like, yeah, really good. Um, those are four guys oh, that know. like could, will probably be 20 point per game scores at some point in their career. Like, Three of them uh, have they been. all they all have been except for Ant and I think it's and Ant's safe at, what, to say Ant fourteen and he is a rookie in his twentieth yeah. yeah. game or whatever. But um, that's the thing is you need them not to be twenty point scores. Yeah, that's you the need problem. them. Yeah, no, and that you need yeah. them to be effective scores. There's never been a team in NBA history that's had four twenty point per game scores. It's just like legitimately has never happened before. <laughs> yeah. um, there's been three, but not that many times either. Um, I think but, that's what the wolves will probably try and will try and get end to. up happening. I, I think that probably will happen. Or like, I could see it like kind what's of like Malik the Zach Levine at right now. 21? 20.7 or something like that. Yeah. Okay. And Delo's at like 23. Uh, no, Delo is at like 20. I think okay. he might be under 20 right now. Actually, um, he was at 20, but he's had some bad games. Uh, Delo's right. at 19.9 right now. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean. I don't know. I actually think I actually think playing with Cat should boost Delo's scoring. I think so too. I think I think it's going to impact Malik and Ant a lot. The most. Yeah, um, I think it's going to impact and Malik. It might and Malik. Not to well, talk about he doesn't, he doesn't again, score. But, he doesn't score anyways. No, but I could see a lot of backdoor cut things that we're not seeing right now. Oh, like going up. up. Yeah, I don't think he's getting. Yeah, like, you're on that Jim Pete theory. I don't think that Akogi's all of a sudden going to become a thirty point per or 30% shooter with cat. I just think some things are going to open up a little bit more yeah. for him. Uh, that happens for everyone. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, I think I, I, Malik should be able to handle an off ball role. Well, there um, it's going to, I think maybe it gets weirdest for ant and, and that comes back to rotations is like, all right. So who are you, you know, who are you playing ant with when he's not playing with cat? You know, who are you playing Malik with when he's not in with, D low and Ant. You know, like it's it's um this is the this is the tricky part of coaching a team that is one-sided. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 have to have your set in place coping mechanisms for the defense, which create, you know, these sort of log jams and stuff like that. I don't know. It's uh it's hard. I there there's a there is a balance to be struck. I, I think that's that's pretty good, but I'd be pretty surprised if we have like a 15 game stretch of this season where we're like, okay, yeah, this is like elite, elite, yeah, and they have the potential to be elite, elite, like, um, and I think that that only will come with comfort and kind of and kind of growing in it. And I just don't know when Cat's going to be comfort comfortable. Yeah, and we don't know exactly when Cat's going to be back, but theoretically, soon theoretically theoretically um but yeah no i think the offense will be pretty dang good once they get it figured out um it should be and like, if it isn't and if it isn't then, then blow then it some, all up yeah then blow it all up <laughs> um, this is this is broke i mean not maybe not this but like because this the rest of this year is gonna be weird i think and you'll get an idea of it but if they're looking like middling offensively 
if you get like you know 30 games with cat and everyone involved you're like okay then you go into next season you go well i've got a full year like if it's ready to go and you get through the first 25 games of next year and they're not elite like top six then what are you doing yeah you know then what are you doing like um this group has to be when you're ready to go this group has to be elite Mm -hmm. offensively otherwise it will not work so okay so we talked about malik beasley scoring he's scoring i don't remember what i looked up 20 20 20.1 right now when he got paid this offseason this you know 60 million over four with the last year as like the team option did you how did you view that contract like overpay underpay good value um what was like your initial reaction to that I was very concerned about it um, based on the fact that I thought that there was no um, concession made for Malik's off-court, off-court behavior, which dates back to not just the summer, but, you know, yeah. back to, back to Denver. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I said this before the year, I was concerned about like Malik, the person, um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and what that would be, I mean, I wanted to do, to, to do good, but then if I'm, you know, was, was pinned with needing to make a, you know, a bet on it, like, what have I made that bet? No. Yeah. Given the information that I had, and that's been proven completely wrong. Yeah. You haven't heard have, much about him since the season started. He seemed. And, and I've heard other stuff just on background that he's been fucking great. Like, okay. And, yeah. And I, I mean, lot of lot of respect to him you know for that he had things going on like in you know in his life and mostly it's it's stuff that you know people are making fun of but um you know he's i think it's really impressive what malik beasley has done through 21 games and that's not just about scoring 21 points a game it's been a, a commitment to this and uh and keeping a level head i mean he was getting peppered with questions after last game about not getting the ball. And that's a perfectly normal time for a player to, you know, get a little itchy in their post game press conference and say something. And, yeah, he did and I watched that. I watched, watched it, it, it and it was, I did, it was in there. Yeah, you could see it, there. but like I expected it to come out, you know, just cause it he, would have been okay to come yeah, out, but yeah, but given the fact that you've been labeled a malcontent rightfully yeah. or wrongfully, you know, it's the right move in his position is to, you know, stay on the straight and narrow. And, and he, you know, and he absolutely, you know, he absolutely has, he's, he's done that. And, and you know what, like, this has been a good situation for Malik too. Like yeah. if I don't know how you're Malik Beasley and, and you like have any ill will towards Ryan Saunders, like oh, Ryan yeah. Saunders gave you the keys last year to score 23 20, points a game, yeah. you know, after, after the thing, which greatly impacted how much you got paid this off season. And now this, and now this year, Ryan has given you full bandwidth to do your thing here again. And you're proving people like me who doubted the, the contract in the first place, you're proving them wrong. Like that. I, I mean, 90% of that's Malik, but, but just because one game, Ryan doesn't get you enough touches. Like that isn't uh I think it would be wrong if Malik has any like hard feelings towards Saunders, you know? Yeah. Right now he's balled out in his 35 games playing under Ryan Saunders. Yeah. And he's shooting the ball well too. It's not like he's a chucker. Like no. he's like 40, 
what's his two point percentage? Uh, 52, 53% from two, 38% from three on like nine threes a game. Like, right. Or no, eight, eight threes a game, which is just and, like really good. Not 50, 40, 90 club guy, but like pretty, pretty damn good shooter there. No. And, and he's doing, you know, and he's doing so as a pretty clear first or second option on the team yeah. too. Like it's uh, that would typically drive down efficiency, you know, and it, and it hasn't for him. And, and really it's like, I mean, he's had so we had 21 games. It's probably had like four real stinker games. Yeah, I think this year, off the top of my head, probably just less than a handful of like yeah. really bad ones. But if you remove those, you know, where they were like overall three of 15 performances, you know, if you delete those from the thing, like those percentages, now we're talking like you're almost shooting 60% from two, almost 45% from three. I mean, Obviously yeah. you got to You got to You, you got to include the whole sample, but, um, I mean, yeah. he had like a two to do it. He had like a two for eight game, um, a four for 11, a four for 10, a three for 10. What was Other the Portland that, game? The Portland game was three for six. From what? From two? From no, from three. He was three for 13. Oh, I'm talking three. about, yeah. Overall, oh yeah. 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 Overall, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, he's, he was, he's had, had a some, couple of those. Couple of yeah. those ant stat lines. <laughs> yeah, right. Thirty percent from two, twenty-five percent from three. But right, Ant's, it up. Ant's gotten better. He's yeah, for sure. He's no, I mean, not, yeah, he's just gotten more comfortable. I mean, he's 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 got it. And kind of came when he started playing next to you know Malik and and D'Lo. Malik and Ant like seem to just like love each other. Like just like the, I never would have necessarily thought Malik would be like the best mentor for <laughs> or Ant be, just because of yeah. all that off-court stuff and it seemed like he's like kind of like been really good for for Ant in that sort of way um yeah I mean for me I'm seeing just the same high fives and stuff that you are that, that's one of the things that I miss most about not being able to be in the locker room this year is like you get a lot of insight into like yeah. who's close friends with who you know that was always interesting to monitor during the like the Tibbs days and stuff. And it's just like funny. It's like some stuff you would never expect. You're like, Oh, Josh Okogie and Jeff T you're like boys. You're like I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have guessed yeah, that. No. Or like like different, different, different things like that. Right. It's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a separate tangent, but I, 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 I miss that stuff. And it would be interesting. Like particularly with Malik. I'm like, I wonder who like Malik's best friends on the team were like Wancho for sure was last year. That's probably um, just because they knew each, you know, they, yeah. they came over together. But I think really Vanderbilt's they were really good friends. I think Vanderbilt well on his like Instagram stories before the year, he had like a few people like coming yeah. to see now like, we're now we're left now we're left going Zabruder on Instagram. Yeah. That's what just sucks is you don't have yeah. access. But like even Ashton Haggins was like working out at Beasley's like gym in his house like over the summer, I'm whatever, sweet. like in November or whatever. No, and, um, and what Malik says all the time, and he said this since he got here, was, you know, I'm the leader of the team, the or a, you know. Yeah, and right. He has, uh, which I kind of was, I, I remember thinking at the beginning, like right when we got here, I was like, all right, slow your roll, dude. Like, like you were the, you were like the 10th man in the Nuggets. But yeah, again, another area where he's like, prove me wrong of being, being so much more than he, you know, you would have guessed. I just wonder if the Nuggets have any like, damn, we really went with Gary Harris over Malik Beasley. And like Gary Harris has been like, he had a really down year last year and it's pretty much been the same this year, except he's shooting a little bit better from two. 
Um, and I think there was I think there was more personality stuff going on. Yeah, and that that's fair. In that's Denver totally than, true. Um, I mean, like, I don't even mean that really in like a, a a bad way. Like Malik is a guy who I don't think he wants to be on a bad team, of course, but like he wants that big role on a team, and I think in his head he would you know, sacrifice playing on a, a contender, at least at this age, at 24 years old, to, to have that. And I think it just – because he, he just, you know, I think he thought, and, and maybe he was right, that he should have been playing a ton for the Nuggets. Well, obviously, and, they offered him 330 and he took it down – or he turned it exactly. down because yeah. – and that's $10 million, and he didn't get much more from, from the Wolves. Like, you know, so it's quite a bit more, you know, another year possibly and, you know. Yeah. Well, functionally, more, he ended but, up turning it into – like a deal he's on now is 343 with the Wolves with the option in the yeah, fourth so year. Like so like 13 million. million more. But but not but just the 13 million is more. Way bigger. Yeah, exactly. 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 So he'd be he'd be in the Monte Morris role, you know, or something yeah. there like still coming off the bench and and that sort of thing. So no, uh, no, again, just props to him, bet on himself and has been improving himself. So that's on and off the court. That's really cool. Okay. Defensively. This team I don't know if you've like noticed this. Obviously, they haven't played like the stiffest competition for a while, but uh, their defensive ratings going improving. Last thir- thirteen games, they are the number nine defense in the league, and that's a thirteen game sample size, which is over half. Now, yeah. I don't think that's going to ever stick. What, at what's nine. the what's the gap? What's the gap between the ninth team and the fifteenth team over that time? Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, it's like one point per hundred possessions or something like that. Oh. Yeah. 1.1. 1. 1. I, I would say, no, I mean, I, but between, but I, I between 20th, between 20th, it's like four points. Yeah. Oh, that's, I, and, and they played like so, Cleveland and, and San Antonio twice. without missing yeah. some guys. And so, but it's still been the last 13 games, which includes when cat well, was back. It sure, it sure hasn't been the worst defense in the league. Oh no, no. And I, I think in the golden state games, they played, uh, I thought they played really good defense in the first half of actually they yeah. ended up losing them both big time, but they've had, that's what they've done is, is that their defense has had longer extended stretches of being solid. And, and then it just totally falls apart at times. Whereas the prior was just falls apart all the time before. So yeah, I would say, yeah, like you're, you're seeing instances of them figuring it out and, and getting comfortable. And I th- again, I, a big part of that, I think is reps because they haven't been able to practice it. Like they yeah. didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know like how they didn't know how they were like matching up in transition defense. I mean that that the egregious egregious errors defensively have gone away. I would say ninth is misrepresentative of how good it's been. Oh yeah. But I would say like I test it's like fifteenth, sixteenth, something like that. Like have kind of been an average defense. Okay, so what if they get to that point where they're like twentieth? Like they stick around like 20th because right now they're like 23rd in the league over like the whole season. Something like that. 23rd, 24th. What if they are like the 22nd defense in the league? And then the offense with cat is like 12th. Like how good a team is that? Well, that's what I thought they were. I, I when I, before the season, my guess was they'd be 13th offensively and 22nd defensively. So yeah. I think, yeah, like. Is that a 500 team? Is no. like, is that a 400 no, that's team? Like, if you look at like the teams that are like that now in the league, it's kind of like they'd be like eight and 12. Okay. Like the Pelicans yeah. are kind of like that, something like that. So 
So no, it's not enough. They need to get up to average defensively. And I just, I don't think they can do that. Um, yeah. with this roster, even if they're playing like this and even if they had cap back, like for the second half of the season, I, I don't know. I just, I mean, it'd be a pleasant surprise, but I wouldn't, yeah. you know, I wouldn't bet on it, but I honestly, the bar right now is just don't be the worst. Don't be a bottom five defense. Yeah. yeah like, right. Um, and they're, they're moving, they're moving in that direction. Yeah. And that 13 game sample size goes back to the game. They lost an OT to the Spurs cat's first game back with the wrist injury. So it's been since okay. then that they're number nine. So since Cat, like, why not? So, so it's happening again where the defense is better, but he played in two of those games. So that game oh, okay, counted. Okay. And then the, the Grizzlies game counts as well. So yeah. that's two of them or whatever. I was going to say, it'd be more bad optics for cat. If again, for right after he goes year in a row. Well, yeah. yeah. Cause that's what happened last year was the defense was way better with him off the floor than when he was on the floor. I don't think yeah. that'll happen this year because he's, in four games looked good, but yeah. And that, yeah. so you, the wolves have played, like you said, stretches where they've looked good defensively and they kind of like shit the bed, like in the fourth quarter um, with cap back, theoretically the offense would be better. If the defense plays around that sometimes it's not going to be every game. Um, they played like that. Sometimes maybe that's cats like 20, 30, 40 point lead that now you like, yeah. <laughs> can't blow um in the fourth right. quarter um so maybe that leads to like more successes you know just like having a bigger lead at any point in the game yeah. and also you're not going sick cat on the floor you're probably not going six minutes without getting a bucket like oh, you're definitely not they would have you know the fourth like, quarter offense would have been so different yeah <laughs> in that San Antonio game if they had yeah if they had him but i think it's encouraging to see like over a pretty good sample size even if the teams are bad the like the wolves have been able to play some solid defense um, mm-hmm. and not be like bottom. I don't think they're ever going to be a 10th ranked defense with this, this team, but if they are, you know, like, like we expected before the year, like 20, like you said, 22nd. Yeah. Like, it's an encouraging sign. Yeah, for sure. And it just, if that would happen all season long and they were, you know, like eight games under 500 at the end of the year, or 10 games or whatever, you'd be a lot happier with, with that. But now they're, right. You're, they're in an 11 game hole already. They're not going to sniff 500 again, um, no. even close to this season. Uh, so. It'll be it'll be interesting to just to take in what the once cat returns sample sizes. What are those? You know, 20 games from now or 20 games from when cat returns. You know, what are those numbers? The, those are the yeah. ones. Those are the ones that matter. I mean, yeah. uh, we're obviously, you know, wringing our hands over what's happened over these 21 games. And that's just the nature of doing this job. But so much of this is irrelevant because players are playing in positions and spots that they're not built to because this team is built to play around cat and that affects everyone else. So uh, I don't know. It's not that you totally throw it out, but in a lot of ways, when we're talking, when we're envisioning the future, a lot of what these guys are doing now you got to take with a pretty, pretty big grain of salt and say, okay, you're doing this well now, but can you do this next to cat? Can you do this in, yeah. in, in, in that context? That's a, that'll be a big difference. It'll be yeah. much more meaningful. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of how I like try to think of things is like once cats back, you kind of just disregard what's happened this season so far until mm-hmm. you see like what happens with the whole team. And it, yeah. it's hard too, because 
you question son, you know, a lot of people question Saunders for not adjusting without cap, but it's like, when you look at the, one of the most inexperienced teams in the league, how much do you want to try and implement a new system for when cat's not here? That's not going to matter when cat's here, when those guys are still trying to learn how to play at the NBA level. That's just like where I've always struggled with it. And that doesn't, you know, excuse like rotation mistakes that have happened and things like that. But it's definitely Mm. something that I think needs to be thought of. And it's just part of the context. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you this because I forgot to ask this when we talked about the rotation. Um, Nas Reed back up to cat. Like that's pretty clear and obvious. Say cat plays 32 minutes Mm -hmm. a night. Is 16 enough for Nas or is it where do you think Ryan ever tries to run, you know, Nas next to cat now that Nas has, you know, kind of thinned out, become more of a, a better defender and even a better offensive player. And then you look at like, say it's McDaniels and Vanderbilt at the four, are those guys you want to play each over an average, like 20, you want to play 48 minutes of those two, or do you want to play 40 minutes of those two and get Nas? They're going to play, they'll play Nas a little bit next to cat against bigger teams or they I've heard they want to get to that. Yeah. Um, But it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before the log jam and it's a gross log jam, but the log jam is kind of at the power forward position where it's you want to play McDaniels, you want to play Vanderbilt, they want to play Wancho. So now if you start moving Nas into any of those minutes, even if it's just eight a game, um, you know, you got to – you've watered that down even more. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I, I think the interesting thing would be if they were playing, you know, the Lakers in one of Cat's first games back, would – you know, do you decide – to go when you need to go to bigs, do you decide to go cat and Nas or do you decide to go cat and Vanderbilt? Um, mm-hmm. Because you will need to do that for extended chunks of that game. Um, and they do I play the Lakers be, pretty soon. February 16th. Is, there you go. Maybe, that would, maybe is, that would be it. That's pretty close. I, I think they'd be, I think most people would think given what's happened that it would be Vanderbilt, but I don't know. I think it could be Nas who, who gets those, yeah. who gets some, you know, maybe it's not the start, but plays a good chunk of minutes next to cat. So as to have a bigger front court for that. Game. Yeah. It's just been kind of hard because Nas has kind of proven that he's like probably like the fifth best player on this team right now, you know, with cat, like, <laughs> and if he's only playing solely behind cat for 16 minutes a night, like mm-hmm. I feel like he's earned a bigger role than that, but also it's where you fit him into the, the team in general with that. Oh. Um, and it's sad that sure. Nas is your fifth best player, I guess, but. It's kind of where we're at, so it is. It is, but um, no, I, I think it'll be. It's 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 like any of these. When you start playing these guys at different positions, you got to teach them that first, too. That's so, true. Um, I mean, I've asked Nas about it. He says, "Oh, I would need to learn the four position." So um, it's kind of weird. He to said, think I'm that learning. Yeah, it's kind of weird to think like Josh would be a power forward in this team, and then Nas <laughs> Reed is like a power forward on the same team at times. That's He's obviously that's not his position, but. Could That's because the Timberwolves are weird. The Timberwolves weird. are weird. That, that is an understatement, I think. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that's I think that's all I got for you. So thanks for doing oh. this. This was it was no cool problem. to kind of hash this out and see see yeah. where we're at. But um, so yeah, um, keep grinding well, away, man. Keep grinding away. Stay on. Yeah, I'm the, trying. Stay on the wolves I, grind. I got the the weirdest like urges over the past few weeks to just like write about the Timberwolves when they are just like not good like 10 pieces in like two weeks. And I'm just uh, like, that's, that's what, 
that's what it's and all you've about. obviously been doing the same thing too with like the podcasts and everything after every game and then most days in between which i mean kudos to you but yeah. i think that's the the tough thing is like people think that you know like that you're pained into like doing it yeah. like that you just like hate no. hate doing it but i don't know i you don't have to, to teach preschool that. which is hey. Which I'm not is, gonna have to teach free school much, but no, I, 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 I mean that like it's it's like, yeah no it's my job so it's I don't I certainly don't mind doing it I would the, the worst ones are yeah the worst ones are the where it's the whole second half is a waste because they're already down by twenty because then you just can't talk about basketball really like, yeah because there wasn't it wasn't really a game and the games know? in and the games in Portland and they get yeah. done at midnight and then you got to sit through all the, the Zoom yeah, calls sucks. and everything. Yeah. All right. Those are anyways. <laughs> those are done now, though, until the second half of the schedule, I think. Well, now, apparently now with the Lakers, when's the Lakers game? Oh, the Lakers. It's a home game. It's a, okay. Yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> I think it's a home game. Yeah. Good, yeah. I hate the West Coast games. <laughs> yeah, the latest one now is seven thirty on Monday is the Mavericks game. So. But, Perfect. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Dane. I appreciate it. So again, that was Dane Moore uh, at Dane Moore NBA on Twitter, right? Yes. All right. And it, everybody listening to this probably already follows you anyways, but on the off chance they don't, go check out Dane's podcast as well. Just search up Dane Moore NBA podcast. Um, best best wolf spot around outside of this one. So just got to put Second that out place. there. Second place. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Dane. Uh, anyways, Hi. thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm Brendan. Follow me on Twitter, BeheadKeyNBA. Um, thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.